What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Dan Favalli coming at you with an emergency-ish YouTube live slash, which will eventually be a podcast slash, this will be me crying um, irreversibly about how, you know, Kevin Durant ruined our YouTube uh, or report cards for the Atlantic division since we went through with the um, with the Nets and clearly their grade is going to be impacted by whether or not uh, he was going to stay and he's going to stay. So that's the moral of this podcast. Very quickly, hit that subscribe button if you're new around these parts, even though no one is in here right now as I'm talking, just did this very impromptu. Like the video, drop a comment, help us break the algorithm, but please, it means the world if you would just subscribe. Let's get into this Kevin Durant uh, nonsense, um, whatever whatever we want to call it at this point. Is this the end? Is it actually the end? So the Nets released a statement that Kevin Durant's agent, Rich Kleiman, along with Kevin Durant, and then Joe Sy and general manager Sean Marks met with Kevin Durant in, I think it was Los Angeles on Monday, and Kevin Durant agreed to stay with the franchise uh, and that in the end, they're committed to building a winner in Brooklyn. This comes weeks after uh, w- weeks after Kevin Durant requested, I think over a month ago at this point, I don't even remember when it was, when Kevin Durant requested a trade. Um, it's hysterical because I think this is, you know, this is going to be a win in the sense for teams and their governors to show that stars don't necessarily have the uh, ultimate final say. Kevin Durant had four years left on his deal. He named the Miami Heat and the Suns that we know of his teams he wanted to play for. And Boston was kind of floating around the ether. And if Jalen Brown was actually available, it makes you think that Kevin Durant actually would have wanted to go to Boston. Otherwise, why else give him give that up? But this is pretty much proof that the Nets drawing that hard line in the sand um, worked with Kevin Durant having four years left on his contract. Uh, I don't think that this was some sort of revelation on Kevin Durant's part where they're all of a sudden uh, aligned on the same vision. He was pissed that they fired an assistant coach that he was close with. Um, he was either pissed at Kyrie or pissed about how they handled the Kyrie Irving situation. We know that Kyrie Irving is committed to the franchise because he had no other options. And so the two immediate things that spring to mind here for me is if the Nets stay together, where are they in the the NBA uh, the NBA title race. Uh, and two, like, is this actually over? Like, are there any other issues that are sort of looming in the, the backdrop of, of all of this? And so first looking at the nets, like the implications for the other teams around the NBA uh, Phoenix, I don't think this hurts them too much in the sense that uh, they're still just going to be ridiculously good where a team like Toronto or even like if you were going to argue if New Orleans want to get involved, they need Kevin Durant to get to that title contender level. Phoenix is there. Boston is still there. I don't know how you feel about Miami. I feel like they're kind of in that like, tier two or tier three contender category. And so this is a blow if you thought you were really involved. Um, I, I don't even know who it hurts really the most because what team really believed that they had a chance at Kevin Durant? The asking price was absolutely out of this world. Um, they... Uh, they wanted picks. They wanted like an all-star caliber prospect. And it never felt like, you know, the Raptors weren't giving up Scotty Barnes. If the Celtics really did include Jalen Brown, that's a big name. But the Pelicans said they didn't want to include Brandon Ingram. We had the report from Shams on Monday that the Grizzlies were willing to include uh, picks, but not Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. And so these teams like were, were 
clearly half-assing it. And we have comments. I'll get to them in a, in a couple minutes or seconds. Um, we're clearly half-assing the offers because they either thought that the Nets were going to have to move Kevin Durant for less than he was worth. This is someone entering his age 34 season. Very mercurial injury history now. And then two, like, or they were just going to keep him. And so I don't actually think any team was invested in the idea of getting Kevin Durant. Whereas like if the Knicks don't get Donovan Mitchell, I think that's a genuine blow. I don't think this actually impacts the rest of um, any other teams weren't banking on him that much. And even Phoenix, once they signed DeAndre Ayton to that contract, uh, it made it harder to include him in three team scenarios. Uh, really galaxy brain shit here though. Kevin Durant, maybe he wants to go to Phoenix so badly. He rescinds his trade demand now only to resurface it back in January when Deandre Ayton is trade eligible. Just keep that in the back of your minds. But I don't really think any team was banking on getting Kevin Durant. Um, I, when you look at the net specifically and as Lance, uh, Lance Robertson says in the chat, the nets only have 13 nationally televised games that don't include the bland NBA TV outlet. That stuff is malleable. It can change. It certainly will change. Uh, maybe Kevin Durant, went through this entire uh, you know, trade demand process just so he could have off on Christmas. He wanted to ensure that the Nets weren't part of the, the Christmas Day matinee, unless, unless they were. I kind of forgot the NBA Christmas Day schedule already. But anyway, uh, so that, that stuff is malleable. I don't think that's like a huge concern. Uh, Jonah Freeman said, I just find it hard to believe that KD, Nash, and Marks are all going to be fine and dandy when you look at the potential other distractions that Kyrie and Simmons seem to carry. And so this is... I guess even before we get into what the Nets might actually look like, um, this is going to be part of it. Like, this isn't over. Kyrie Irving's on an expiring contract. There's always stuff going on with him, whether it's the it's the vaccine stuff or whether he's going MIA in the aftermath of what happened at the Capitol in January or he's, you know, shirking his media responsibilities uh, with the team that are collectively bargained with the NBA, just uh, for anyone who cares about that, if they think that Kyrie shouldn't have to talk uh, to the to the media and the fact that the extension talks were so contentious with him ending not in an extension uh, this isn't over maybe like does this make it more likely to me that Kyrie Irving stays long term too yes because him and Kevin Durant still remain super tight but this isn't a team that's just going to be drama free all of a sudden Kevin Durant wanted Sean Marks and Steve Nash fired that's that was the report and it's not something that he actually rebuked and maybe he will during media day I won't believe him but maybe he'll he'll rebuke that reporting. So this is so very, very absurdly or measurably combustible. And it just wouldn't shock me if it all sort of goes belly up in the middle of the season now. Uh, and like Kyrie Irving is probably the player I watch more than anyone. Like, is he someone who might agitate to get out if he's playing well? And all of a sudden it seems like he holds uh trade value. Um, and the, the other thing too, with this team is Ben Simmons, as Joan had mentioned in his comment, like it's not even just, I don't want to get into Ben Simmons' mental health other than I'm just going to believe someone who says that they were having problems coping. Like, my default is I'm going to believe that. Uh, but his back, he's just coming off of back surgery, and he just missed an entire season. What does he look like? There are still questions with this team. The fit, I've maintained this all along, was iffy, or a little bit more iffier than people who thought it was just very plug-and-play. Yes, Simmons brings a lot of what the Nets need defensively, but he prefers and is better operating on-ball on offense Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can work off the ball, but if your solution to like your team is let's put Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving off the ball a bunch more, I don't necessarily think that's going to be uh, tenable. And you do have to worry about his uh, injury history now too, is how much is he going to be available? What does he look like? Does he have sort of the same downhill burst? Is he as good at just sort of flying around the perimeter on defense? Could this back as your stuff crop up again? What does the rest of your defense look like? I know that you traded for Royce O'Neal, 
Uh, and I kind of feel like we veered too far away from reality with Royce O'Neal at this point. Like he was not good last season, but you don't need Royce O'Neal to be what he was in Utah two or three years ago, especially if you have Ben Simmons there. But Royce O'Neal and Ben Simmons are your and Nick Claxton, like those are your plus defenders. I guess if TJ Warren is healthy, um, he showed a lot of on ball defensive progress when he was in Indiana. Joe Harris, again, if he's healthy, he's always been like a little bit underrated. I do find it hard to believe that this team is going to be like sort of good defensively still. Maybe they have a, a crack at league, at league average, but um, Tom had said in the chat, I don't think Mitchell to Brooklyn was likely because Simmons is on the roster, but I wonder if this has momentum to a Mitchell deal getting done. Uh, I would agree that if you're like the Heat or the Raptors and you were in on the Mitch, uh, the Kevin Durant sweepstakes and now you want to pivot to Donovan Mitchell that certainly could speed it up for sure. And it might give the Knicks more competing or like the, they might give the jazz more leverage because they're not just negotiating with the Knicks. Now, if other teams decide to creep into this, we know the Hornets and the wizards were the only teams that were really mentioned uh, in that. So I do agree, Jonah, that that could speed up the Donovan Mitchell stuff. With the Nets specifically, though, they just still feel like sort of unfinished and maybe they're willing to, there's other moves that they can make. They have some salary ballast, uh, but I just, I would struggle to see them as, I think a lot of people are going to think that they're like these title heavyweights now. And they're absolutely a title contender, but we've just seen with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie, with Ben Simmons, time and again, like their stuff is going to crop up, whether it's injuries, missed time for different reasons, or just the, the, the theatrics of, of this, of the trade request of what Kyrie was doing, trying to find a sign and trade for his extension. Uh, this actually the biggest loser of all this might be the Lakers just because the, the rust plus two picks for Kyrie scenario is off the table. And I have to imagine that like that was probably always overplayed just because the Lakers were actually refusing to do that. It's just something I find very hard to believe. And this leads me to believe that just like the nets were actually steadfast and no, we're not going to give Kyrie up for that trade package. I just think we're at the point where we can't even come close to saying that this is that this is over. I think Kevin Durant could become just as disenchanted by the middle of the season. Uh, this is someone who tried to request a, a trade with four years left on his deal. If things don't go, uh, if things don't go according to plan once the season starts, if they get off to sort of a slow beginning out of the gate, does all this drama crop up again? I would argue that like everyone's kind of on the hot seat here with the exception of Joe Sy, just because he like owns the entire team. But like Steve Nash, his job security is going to be talked about if the Nets don't get off to a good start. I mean, this is just like, like this is like a season long of remember when Dwight Howard wanted Stan Van Gundy to be fired. And there was that ultra awkward press conference. Like now this is like, just Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving coming back to the coach that, that I'm assuming they both wanted to get fired and, but he's not going to be fired. It doesn't seem like, or does this make it more likely that he gets fired? Um, I would say the fact that Kevin Durant is coming back makes me think that a coaching change, maybe not before the season would be more likely. Uh, but Steve Nash was mentioned by name uh, in the announcement, I believe. And if not, at least by, by some of the, the reports. So um, I like, I, I just think, this team is going to be so fascinating because of how combustible that it remains. And we've spent so much time talking about, well, where could KD go? How is this Kyrie situation going to end? We haven't really thought about the, the basketball fit of this roster. And maybe we didn't assign enough value to the idea that the Nets still wanted to compete conceptually, even if they traded Kevin Durant. And they made a, like, you know, as soon as like the Royce O'Neal trade where they gave up a first round pick was basically made in tandem with the, uh, 
with the Kevin Durant trade demand. And so this was a team that was always very clearly thinking in the now. And they are, look, they have the their, their highest end outcome. It's, it's a championship ceiling. This is not like a stretch where if you're trying to think of the best case outcome for the Hornets or the Wizards or the, the Knicks, like they have a championship ceiling, but their floor can also just be ripped out from under them at any point. And like, we're talking about someone in Kevin Durant who over the past half decade has played in fewer playoff and regular season games than, than Joel Embiid. Like that's an actual concern. And I think though, when you look at like the landscape of the rest of the East too, you like, you have Milwaukee, you have Boston. I do wonder if this, and you have Philly, like, does this impact the way that Miami's thinking right now at all? Or maybe, maybe Toronto. Now that we know that, uh, they're they're out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Are they a team that can pivot to Donovan Mitchell? Are they a team that thinks that they need to level up harder than they did over the offseason when they got Otto Porter Jr., brought back Chris Boucher and Thaddeus Young? I do imagine now, though, that this Kevin Durant trade is off the table. They'll sign uh, their second-round draft pick, Christian Coloco. We've been waiting on that for a while. Um, like Kevin Durant returning to Brooklyn, I think he firmly puts them in like the... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to put them as high as Boston and Milwaukee. I just need to see a season of full health and like cohesion. But when you're talking like Philly, like that area, Philly, Miami, Toronto, like they're right there. And so that makes the East like instantly more fascinating. And if you were a team that were hoping to crack the top six, if you're a Charlotte, if you're the Knicks, uh, it becomes a lot harder now to do so. Are the Wizards as well. If we think that Brooklyn and KD are going to, uh, to stay, like stay together long-term, and I just, I still remain unconvinced that that happens because of how, uh, like this whole thing went about and you woe to compared it to this, which I just, I mean, he's, he tweeted in the end, Kevin Durant and the Nets played out in a similar way to Kobe Bryant and the Lakers in 2007, a tumultuous summer after a trade request talks with teams, no deal. And ultimately a decision to return to the franchise. That's just like, we don't have to make everything about Kobe is my first instinct. And then the other thing is there was a deal in place. If I'm not mistaken, I would have sent Kobe to Detroit. Like this wasn't, there was a trade lined up and uh, they had to talk Kevin Durant out of this. This feels more so driven by Kevin Durant, realizing that he has four years left on his deal. His leverage was minimal and that he was in a situation that he probably would have needed to have held out of into training camp. If he really wanted to force their hand, assuming they would have been forced at all. And it also feels like his requesting that Sean Marks and Steve Nash both be fired, which was just always unreasonable because uh, forget about Steve Nash. Like, yeah, coaches, they could be, I don't want to dismiss coaches like this, but coaches are easy to replace. They are the thing. They are the, the assets of a team that teams are, are most likely to change, especially when they're capped out. It's easier to change the coach than the players, basically, especially when you're talking about superstars. Uh, but it was an unreasonable request because you're asking for both. And Sean Marks, we haven't seen the exact terms, but he agreed to an extension this at the start of this offseason. So it felt like that was Kevin Durant's last-ditch effort to get out of Brooklyn and to really force the hands of everyone uh, involved here. And since that failed, now you run it back because you do have a chance to actually win a title. And look, you're still with Kyrie, which we've yet to see any real conflicting reporting that Kevin Durant all of a sudden does not want to uh, play with Kyrie anymore. I would be understandable to me just given how Kyrie kind of submarine their season last year, but Kyrie is still there. This team is still like on paper could be as good as anybody in the NBA. And I think if you're Kevin Durant and you wanted to go to Miami or Phoenix, yeah, those teams with you probably would have been better than this team right now. Definitely in Phoenix, Miami, depending on if you're trading Kyle Lowry and Tyler hero and, and your entire draft that that would have felt a little 
shallow. But you also probably had to recognize that like the Nets didn't want any of those offers. And so uh, this sort of feels like not so much a resolution or a reconciliation as a settlement. And to me, it could be fleeting. Like I want, I don't want to fast forward because I, I enjoy warm weather, but like let's fast forward to December or January uh, and, and see where, see where this team is at. Uh, even if they're higher up in the standings, Kevin Durant is just such an ambiguous person aside from knowing that we, or we, we claim that we know that he loves to hoop and the fact that he's just an, an all time great. The way he's got about things, especially here, it just wouldn't shock me if this trade demand comes back in the middle of the season, or maybe there's a like it's easier to agree to a mutual parting of the ways next year. And I do really think that Kyrie Irving, as of right now, like that expiring contract looms over all of this. I don't know, like trade, I don't expect trade rumors to continue to sort of bubble to the surface um, involving him, but those are certainly on the table if he's going to free agency and he doesn't want. Uh, to resign with the Nets because of how extension talks went the first time around. But he's also someone who, like Kevin Durant, seems to recognize that, well, this is different. Kevin Durant didn't need to rehab his value. I think he realized he didn't have just the leverage because of the length of his deal and maybe even how teams viewed his age and weren't willing to give up, you know, a... I mean, he didn't care about... He didn't seem like he wanted to go to Toronto, but Toronto wasn't willing to include Scotty Barnes or Memphis being, like, not wanting to include Desmond Bain. Uh, it seems like he came to that realization... And then Kyrie sort of came to the same one, realizing he didn't have a market uh, because of what sort of transpired in Brooklyn, specifically last season, when he wasn't available full-time, when he goes MIA, uh, and when like the Nets are just absolutely roasted by the Celtics in the playoffs, he needs to rehab his value or image, however you want to frame it. And like that incentive is like maybe good for the Nets. And we like, I don't, per I don't particularly enjoy Kyrie as a, as a person at this point, but he's a fantastic basketball player. And so this team having that big three in place, if Ben Simmons is healthy, like that is, does Ben Simmons all of a sudden become like the single biggest X, X factor in the NBA? Because we know like what Kyrie and KD are going to be when they're on the court. There's still that just, level of anonymity to Ben Simmons's game where it's because he needs the ball so much. Can we even envision him being used more as a screener in this system? Um, I, I think the the hope of him shooting ever is, is out the window, but will they run lineups where it's Ben Simmons and four shooters and maybe you get Ben Simmons in the post more, just really trying to push on the break, adding that element to the nets or just driving their offense and having, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie play off the ball a little bit more. There's so many permutations with this team and they're still like, when you look at the offensive well of talent, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Ben Simmons is a passer, a healthy Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal can sling it. Seth Curry, we know can uncork him from deep Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, human bucket. And then TJ Warren, just like if TJ Warren's healthy, but I'm, I'm using the word if so many times in this, uh, I think Harris, the ankle stuff should be fine, but Ben Simmons is back. The injuries that have cropped up with Kevin Durant in the past, Nick Claxton has never really been healthy for an entire season. Uh, like it, and now TJ Warren coming back from that serious, you know, cost him basically two seasons of basketball. Um, there are just, there's so much uncertainty still tethered to a team. That's just like a contender on paper. And so we've had this conversation here before talking about the team that has like the widest range of outcomes. I think all of a sudden that it's the nets because originally we were just assuming that Kevin Durant was going to get traded. Then Kyrie would get traded and they would either try and exist in the middle or actually begin a rebuild. The, the fact that they are not now and they're just there with KD Kyrie and Ben Simmons and the rest of this roster, they're either the best. They could be the best team in the league. They could win the title. 
they could also be like a play-in team again, just due to injuries or like a mid-season trade demand. This team is going to be like probably annoying. To, they'll be fun to watch uh, on the court, but I'm, I'm wondering how much of the focus will be paid to that, especially early on. And I don't think it's unfair. I do believe we get to a point where we try to pull focus too much from what's happening on the court. And even this podcast about Kevin Durant staying with the Nets, a lot of it's been devoted to the fact that he's staying at all. But this is a situation that kind of warrants it uh, because of like, it wasn't just the trade demand. It was the Kyrie Irving and the way those contract extensions went so poorly. It was the Nets themselves very brazenly letting this shit leak through different media outlets that painted them as like trying to seize or regain control of their organization and that they were answering to some like higher level of morality to instill uh, the team culture that they squandered when they apparently signed Katie and Kyrie. And like that was also always bonkers because the Nets made this decision to turn the keys of their franchise over in the first place. And that's also why I will be shocked. I will be absolutely floored if this ends well or ends as currently constituted. Like just the fact that you had the contentious extension talks with Kyrie, Kevin Durant requested a trade. Kevin Durant wanted Steve Nash and Sean Marks to get fired. And then the Nets were letting this stuff leak about Kyrie and KD. You had Josiah tweeting about how he was committed to the execs, to the front office regime, to Steve Nash, basically. Uh, definitely Sean Marks, maybe not so much Steve Nash. After the report comes out that Kevin Durant wants both of them fired, how does every, how does every layer of that drama like come back? There's there, there's so many elements there that are just at the point of no return. Steve Nash knowing those two players who wanted him in the first, or I shouldn't, I don't want to assign this to Kyrie, but Kyrie and KD apparently wanted Steve Nash in the first place. Now all of a sudden KD didn't. Uh, Sean Marks knows Kevin Durant didn't want him there. Uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving certainly know what the team was probably letting lead to the media about their meetings or, or their interactions or how they were trying to portray, portray them. Excuse me. And then there's like just, by the way, looming in the backdrop, oh, when's Ben Simmons going to play? Like, is he even going to be ready for the start of the season? We haven't heard too many updates about that. So I'm I'm like, this team, to me, is going to be interesting on so many levels for what they could do on the court. But there's still the off-court element there. And I think early on, it's going to warrant a focus since all this stuff, There's, I just feel like there's a zero chance that it's all resolved and that everything is hunky-dory. Like, even go away from Kevin Durant. Let's just say he and Sean Marks and Steve Nash are now cool. Do we really think that this is going to end well for the organization and Kyrie Irving? Is he all of a sudden just going to want to stay long-term? Maybe, I guess, if they're offering the, the full max and he knows that Kevin Durant is going to be there. But there's just been, there's just dimensions. Like, not they're not even levels. They're dimensions. They're, they're different realities to everything that's been going on here. Like, I'm just, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that the Nets basically told Kyrie to go find a better place and dared him to opt out, only to see him opt in. And now he's just back there, and we're supposed to believe that he's committed and that the, the team is fine. Kevin Durant demands a trade, demands the two most important non-player basketball people in the organization, like, they get fired. Oh, but he's just coming back, and, and both of those guys are are still there. You have Joe Sy tweeting about how he's committed to, to Sean Marks. Um, in, in the face of reports that KD wanted him fired. This is just so combustible. There's no way this was hashed out in a meeting or a text thread before that meeting. There's no way we're done with this. This is going to be a circus, and deservingly so. This isn't going to be a situation where I come out and say, we need to talk about the basketball element of this more. Maybe we get to a point of that 
during the season. But like when you go into media day, when you go into these, you know, shoot arounds, you know, pregame availability in a locker room, postgame availability, if things go wrong, the first sign of um, adversity for this team, this is all going to be asked about, not about what was, but, oh, are you considering requesting a trade again? Oh, or is this team too far gone? And you have to ask that question because this is just such an ass backwards way of what's happening. Like we're reverse engineering the nets at this point. And I, if you believe that everything's actually fine, then yeah, I think you have to take the net serious as probably one of the foremost contenders, at least within their best case outcome. I'm still going to trust Milwaukee and Boston more in the East specifically out West. I'm going to like the nuggets more. I'm going to like the Clippers more. I'm going to like the warriors more. I'm going to like the Suns more, uh, but they're in that like top six to eight contender range immediately. If you believe that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is staying and everyone's healthy, including Ben Simmons, whether you should believe that is on you. But for now, I guess our nightmare is over. I will say this to sort of wrap up. And if there's anyone who's actually still watching and has questions, um, feel free to throw them into the chat and we can talk about uh, different things related to this. I'm not like entirely convinced this is the last we've heard about this in the offseason. Like I'll just, I'm more of the believe it when I see it type person. And I'm not sure that I expected Kevin Durant to be traded at this point. My prediction was he would end up in Phoenix. That was clearly wrong. Um, as time went on, I think it was clear that the Nets really seemed like they were prepared to let this get awkward. Uh, but let's just see how this does leading into training camp. Let's see if they actually are able to um, like get through an entire season like this because otherwise uh, I, I just, I can't envision it. I do not think I will certainly say this team will look drastically different by 2023, 2024 season. If you're asking me whether they'll look drastically different after the 2023 trade deadline, so in the middle of next season, I'd still probably just bet on that. I remain unconvinced on what the Nets and KD at this point are trying to sell, but I don't think you can doubt the basketball upside here. It is, it is championship level. Uh, you do need Ben Simmons to be healthy. This is not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving alone are not getting the Nets out of the East. That's just that's just not happening. Uh, JT McCusker says the KD and Zion dream is over. Look, all I'm saying is yes, in theory, that's what they're saying via, via this announcement. I'm just not, I don't think the KD to anyone dream is over. I'm. I don't think this is the last we've heard of the Kevin Durant trade man that's not it's obviously not sourced it's more of a gut feeling there's too much that's happened for me to think that this is just that this is again peachy keen that we're just going to move on from here so i i think and i i'm going to bet if i had to bet and we can come back to that and see if i was wrong but if i had to bet and i don't even want to say if it's whether kevin Durant is still there but if this roster if these three stars are still on the team we're like Let's just let's take the over under on Sean Marks, Steve Nash, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant all being with the Nets past the 2023 deadline. And let's set the over under at 1.5. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to I'm I think I'm going to take the over there. I mean, or the under. How should I frame this? Let's say the amount of people that could be moved or jettisoned is 1.5. I'll take the over on that. It feels like at least two of those people won't be with the Nets even in like the the semi long term or the the short term however you want to phrase it so but at least we can escape this i guess for now we can at least plan on escaping this i do think if kevin rent really wanted off on christmas there was probably an easier way to go about it um and now everything focus is on donovan mitchell i am curious to know though whether we see other transactions or rumors pick up 
Uh, is John Collins all of a sudden available again? We know he was mentioned uh, in a Kevin Durant package from Shams, but that was someone who was, it seemed like a foregone conclusion he was going to be traded leading into the draft, and then at least after the draft, then he wasn't, then the Kevin Durant trade request comes in, and all of these uh, other transactions get held up. And also, like, I think now we're going to see other like free agency transactions picked up. Like do I think Colin Sexton that we'll see that get a resolution. He's still floating around the restricted free agency market. So we should see that resolve sometime in the short term. I would think um, Dennis Schroeder's still floating around out there. That's someone that I could very easily see uh, landing with the Lakers who are apparently interested in him again. Go figure, uh, I guess, you know, run it back. Why not? It worked out so well the first time, except that it didn't. They're just in on options. Now, if you're the Lakers, because you can't get Kyrie Irving, um, but I think that does it for me here. If there are no other questions, this was a lot of fun. Kevin Durant is back in Brooklyn. If this was your first time with us, please consider hitting that subscribe button, hit the like button, help us match the algorithm until next time. And as always, I leave with the shout out to the one, the only, the legendary would never demand a trade because he's so committed to the grind. Frank Nielakina.